You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 265 of The Big Show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Almost there, folks. Hump Day Wednesday. Got a special guest today. Yes, an interview. You don't have to listen to me anymore. Um, Kyle Termini. Of the, uh, of the mid 2000s, LNAH, he was the 2006, 2007 LNAH penalty minute leader, which is, you know, the LNAH, that's saying something, I'll tell you. 48 fights. Oh yes, we're going to hear all about that. No, Kyle was a good guest. Good dude. Had fun talking to him. Uh, I want to thank him again for coming on the show. Always enjoy getting the old LNAH boys on there. And uh, I think you guys will really dig this interview. But, uh, before we get into that, uh, I got to do my ramble and stuff. Well, at the top of the thing, I guess at the top of the show, I should apologize. Um, a, a rare miss. Uh, unfortunately, I did. Uh, sorry for not having an episode out on Sunday as I normally do. Uh, for those tuning in, for if you're if you're new to the show because Kyle's on and whatever, I do two shows a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And uh, I've been quite good. I had a Cal Ripken-like streak going there for a while, uh, and it was broken on Sunday. I apologize. Um, no, just got home really late, and um, on Saturday night, uh, we were out a lot longer than I thought we were going to be, and we ended up going out to dinner and grocery shopping and the whole nine yards. Oh, I tell you, I was out later, and the street lights were on by the time I got home. No, actually, by the time I came down, uh, you know, put everything away, did the dishes, blah, blah, blah. I, it was literally 12.30 at night when I got down here, and I started recording, and uh, it was about 1.30, and I still wasn't done, and then the next morning, I went into work at about 7 a.m., and when I got home Saturday morning, I was going to finish the rest of the episode, and it didn't save, and then I was having issues with Audacity, and it was just one of those, and I'm like, I don't want to go through the whole thing again. 
So I was just like, ah, you know what? I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna, I just wasn't into it. Um, I, I enjoyed, the, I had, I thought I had good content and it's something, uh, some of it I will continue because some of it was kind of at the moment. Um, but most of it was kind of evergreen. I'll do it on this Sunday. I'll, I'll redo the episode and I'm going to do the player spotlight and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, just, um, just wasn't feeling it on Sunday. I, I hate to leave you guys hanging. Um, uh, and for those asking, um, you know, I had brought up that, you know, my wife was in ER and everything else. Uh, no, she's fine. She's doing well. She's doing fine right now. Uh, she actually has, uh, surgery on Thursday and, um, uh, yeah, and it's a routine surgery, but, uh, I want to thank everybody who, uh, reached out and, uh, you know, you're like, oh, you didn't come out. What happened? You know, cause you didn't come out with an episode and all that. No, 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 that had nothing to do with it. Um, no, but I want to, uh, th- uh, thank you for the concern. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, you know, Thursday, uh, Friday, obviously will be a little sore. Um, I took Thursday and Friday off and, uh, you know, we'll just be, uh, around the house here and, uh, and, uh, taking it easy. So, uh, but no, thank you for everybody, but no, it's all good here in, uh, fourth line at the fourth line voice offices here in Saskatchewan. So, um, I, I, but again, appreciate everybody's concern. Um, but going forward, um, I'm not going to talk for too long because obviously Kyle and I, I think we go for about an hour and a half, something like that. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't put the two parts together yet, but, uh, yeah, it's something like that. But uh, yeah, so we'll get into it here. But uh, before we do that, um, I gotta, I'm going to tell you about a few of my friends and uh, a few things, and then uh, we'll get rolling. Um, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And uh, so check those out. Terry Ryan's on the network. Uh, for my off-network friends that I was telling you about, Alec. At the Five for Fighting podcast, uh, tremendous job. Uh, he's been very busy uh, with work. They got him driving all over the all over the state of North Carolina. So his uh, unless he's going to do a dashboard a dashboard confessionals podcast, um, he is uh, away from away from the microphone, and he has not been able to put together. I know he's trying to put together a Toporowski special. Um, myself, Jay, I believe Mark McFarland is on the episode. Um, and there's another player, I believe, his name is escaping me at the moment, but it was uh, a collaborative effort uh, about Kerry Toporowski, minor league legend, and uh, each of us share stories and that type of thing. Uh, I know Alec has been wanting to put it out for a couple weeks now, he just hasn't had the time, but I would assume this weekend, maybe next week, he will have it out. Um, in the meantime, uh, he's been around, he's got a tremendous back catalog, Rob Ray, Bialois, Segroy, on and on, tremendous. And the, and the big return... Jolton Joel Lazito over at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast has his first player interview out. It is part one of Trevor Steinberg. Uh, it is a Quebec Nordique uh, focused podcast. Um, he was previously Coliseum Chronicles. It was a New York Islanders podcast. Um, he is he is doing a show now on his second favorite team, Quebec Nordiques, not the Avalanche, just the Nordiques. And uh, he had Trevor Steinberg on for part one. So um, I have that downloaded and I'm going to be listening to it in the truck tomorrow. So uh, definitely let's uh, get back on the bandwagon with Joe. It's good to see him uh, back in the game. So uh, yeah, Joe Lazito back at her. Um, and <coughs> pardon me. Um, YouTube. 
Speaking of YouTube, the uh, Five for Fighting YouTube channel is back up in business. Of course, YouTube shut down Alex's original channel um, as his battle with the East Coast League. Uh, anybody that uh, listens to my show with any regularity knows I've talked about the story. Alec on his show has obviously talked about it, um, but YouTube kind of uh, kind of bit him, got him. But uh, he has relaunched it, sort of a, a 2.0 version, um, and it's and it's really cool because. Alex channel, um, I mean, he has sound bites and stuff from his podcasts and all that, but he's really gotten into uploading East Coast Hockey League fights, which is what caused all the grief in the first place. But, uh, to get a, not really to get around it, but I mean, their big issue with Flow Sports was the provider for the East Coast League and they're all pissy and copyright and blah, blah, blah. And that's the reason they took it down. Okay, whatever. Um, it wasn't so much the East Coast League as as we've come to find out. It was just Flow Sports, the people that provided the the video uh, or the broadcast of their games. So, and there was a lot of pissed off people that Alex's channel went down, and a lot of the fans that enjoyed watching his his YouTube channel. Um, of course, everyone's got phones, right? So when they go to the games, they've been actually filming the fights with their phones and sending right away and then sending the video to Alec, who has uploaded it onto his channel. Um, so it's a really cool kind of a, you know, a fight community vibe going on on his channel with the East, with the folks around the East Coast League. And he's got fans, um, filming stuff in all different arenas in the league. So, and he has some really cool stuff up there. And, uh, East Coast League's been hopping early this year, some really good fights. Um, you know, and that, hey, I know I always get accused, of, and I, I certainly don't deny I'm the old man, you know, shaking my fist at the cloud sometimes, but I'll tell you, boy, the East Coast League, there's some kids, they're banging, and uh, it's some good tilts, and there's some tough dudes in that league, and I highly encourage you to check it out. He's got some great fights on there, and uh, so, uh, yeah, check out his channel, Five for Fighting. Uh, hit the subscribe button. I mean, as creators, that's always, that's how you can really help us out. And uh, I say us because also, Fourth Line Voice, I have my YouTube channel. I have over 2,500 fight videos on there, all the leagues. Whatever league you're looking for, just type it into the little search engine, boom, up it'll come. From junior to pro to minors to every, you name it, it's on there. Um, yeah, hit the subscribe button on my channel, on Alex's channel. And uh, yeah, like I said, as a creator, it really helps us out. And um and, and yeah, and that's that's kind of a little thing that you can do for us or whatever YouTube channel you happen to watch. If you hit the subscribe button, it's a big it's a big deal. It might not seem like a big deal to you, but it is. Um, also, when you're listening to the shows, whether it's my show or Alex or Joe's um, or any podcast for that matter, again, speaking just from a creator standpoint, I, I always say download, don't stream. If you can download it, that helps out the creator um, because it, it's easier to track and that type of thing. Streaming, you can't tell, but downloading, you can see the numbers, blah, 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 the analytics of it. It helps us out. Um, helps me get paid, to be completely honest. I'm not going to lie. And um, But just in general, for any show that you listen to, the down, downloading helps. Trust me. Um, if you could also rate and review our shows. Um, I know I'm asking so much. Hit subscribe, download, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying from a creator standpoint, whatever show you listened to, when after you're done listening to it, if you're ever on Spotify or an app, iTunes, it might say, oh, you might like this show too or similar too. Um, well, that's all based on like rate, rating and reviews and that type of thing. So that's what helps us um, in the algorithm and stuff. So yeah, if you could review the show, just hit five stars, well, hell, one star, say it sucks, say it was great, whatever. Um, any feedback is is good feedback. So. There you go. There's my little PSA. So, um, also for one last YouTube channel, 
or well, actually two two YouTube channels. Pardon me. Um, my boy Jay there in Iowa, he's had a channel up for a long time. It's under the username D, like the letter D, skunk, like the animal. D skunk, all one word. Um, he puts up, lately he's been putting up the, uh, the Southern Pro League fights from this year and for the last couple years. Uh, but he goes way back to the old IHL day, or well, I would say, yeah, we'll call it the UHL. For It'll always be the UHL to me. Uh, you, you know, Little John and McIntyre and Jonathan Tremblay and those guys, Wrecker. Back then, that's how far back he's been filming stuff. And, uh, yeah, definitely go check out his channel. He's got awesome old school minor league stuff on there. Um, hit the, again, hit the subscribe button. Let's get him some subscribers. Jay's been doing it a long time. So, uh, and he's a good dude. He's been on my show a bunch of times. You've heard him. Um, yeah, he's out, you know, gallivanting around a beach in Miami right now. Tough life. Uh, it's literally as I'm looking out my window, as I sit here at 8.15 at night, it is minus 49 here in Martinsville, Saskatchewan. Minus 40. Can you believe that shit? Minus 49. Why do I live here? Meanwhile, Jay, Jay's sending me pictures from the beach in Miami. Uh, yeah, tough. You know, somebody's doing, somebody's got the right idea. We'll put it that way. But I'm jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm very jealous. But, uh, yeah, support Jay. Good dude. And, uh, I will, once he's all tanned up and back and looking like George Hamilton with his, Drinking his pina coladas and and his fake tan, we'll uh, I'll get him back on the air and he can tell us all about it. But uh, uh, one last YouTube channel I want to talk to you about before we get into the Kyle's interview uh, was my friend Jordan. I had him on the show a couple a uh, couple episodes ago. We talked about just uh, late nineties, early two thousands Quebec Major Junior. Um, he was a fan out in Cape Breton. We also talked a little LNAH. Um, really fun to sit down and talk to. Won't be the last time you hear him on the show. Great guest. Um, he has actually decided to start a YouTube channel. It's called Five in a Game. And, uh, you know, he's just starting out now, just a couple of videos, but he's got a cool bio, uh, video on Samuel Duplain. And, uh, and again, I've encouraged, I encourage Jordan to, I hope he continues. Anytime you see somebody create something, it's always cool. So, and, uh, I hope he continues to do that because I like his take on things. And, uh, you know, uh, being out west, I didn't see a lot of the Quebec stuff. That's why I had him on in the first place on the show. And, uh, it was cool to hear about the guys out there. Marty Doyle, Jonathan Tremblay, Eric Nielsen, uh, Ryan Hand. PL3 Wrecker, all those guys, uh, Brett Gallant, the Gallants in general, all, all of, all the brothers. Um, yeah, so it was cool to have him on and, and talk about that. So, uh, I encourage you to check, check out that interview, but also his YouTube channel. But, uh, other than that, guys, oh, Char, uh, Charlie and his bad back waiting for his surgery. Um, you know, he wants to get the surgery, get it over with so he can get back to his yoga in the park, praying mantis, downward dog. Uh, all that sort of thing. Uh, so hopefully, Charlie, you get that, that surgery and, uh, we'll get you back on the road to recovery. And then, of course, uh, list guy Tim, talking to a rocker job, talking like that, you know, with his teeth, you know, wired shut there. He's on that liquid diet. Just, well, and, and I told, tried to tell Tim, look on the bright side. You'll be ready for, uh, you'll be ready for beach season. Uh, you know, losing weight rapidly. Uh, but, but once, uh, I'm, I'm sure his family has, they've enjoyed the quiet time, but, uh, no, Tim and Charlie have our longtime listeners and I appreciate it. And, uh, both you guys heal up, Tim, when that jaw gets healed up and you can, and you can yap to the beat of the band, like we know you can, I'm going to get you on here and we're going to do a list. We're going to get the actual list guy, Tim, to come on the show and do a list. I don't know, uh, whatever he wants to do. But we'll, we'll get him on there. So, 
uh, the kids just want to listen to music. Tim's listening to me. I don't know. Parenting. Yeesh. Tim. I don't know, man. You, you're subjecting the kids to this voice, to this show? I don't know. Don't tell too many people that. But uh, they just they just want to listen to Taylor Swift, man. Crank it up. But uh, get better, boys. And I appreciate you listening. But, uh, alright, well that's it for the sponsors and the friends and the, you know, the friends and family and the whole deal here. Uh, how about we, how about I shut up and we get into this interview with Kyle Termini? How about that? Uh, once again, I want to thank Kyle for coming on. He's a good guest, great guest. And, uh, I enjoyed talking to him. Um, we had fun off the air as well. Talked to him for a while there. And, uh, yeah, same thing. He, uh, like he said, I couldn't believe how fast the time went. So. Um, it was a lot of fun. So anytime I can get the LNA, the old LNH guys from the glory days on, uh, I, it's always fun. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it and I will be talking to you on Sunday. All right. Here's my interview with Kyle Termini. Enjoy. Talk to you guys Sunday. Thanks everybody. All right. Here on the fourth line voice, I got a special guest folks. All the way out in Ontario, Kyle Termini. Kyle, how you doing today? Not too bad. How are you? Very good. Hey, man, thank you for uh, taking the time to come on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. Well, we're gonna. Well, folks, we got it. We have an LNH, uh, uh, the 0607 penalty minute champ uh, on the line here. So we're gonna get into all that. We're gonna get it. We're gonna talk a little across, a couple brawls. A whole bunch of things here, but we got to start, like I always say with this show, we like to uh, timeline you guys, the careers, so uh, I guess, you know, got to go to the beginning. Kyle, where were you born and raised, and where did you play your minor hockey? I was pretty much born and raised in Georgetown, moved here when I was, I guess, eight, 1994, nine years old, roughly. I uh, played double A for a little bit for the Georgetown Raiders minor system. Uh, made my move to AAA, I guess, when I was minor bantam uh, for the Halton Hurricanes. Uh, God fell in love with my style and a lot of guys' style that we all miss of uh, the rough stuff. So right around that age and never fell out of love with it. Still love it. Wish I could be there still, but like you said earlier, before we got on air here, it's uh, <laughs> father time has played a factor. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we all wish we could go back, right? But uh, <laughs> at the same time, I know you're a big lacrosse guy. Were you playing lacrosse in the summer th- at, at growing up as well? Uh, I played a bit of minor. I didn't get into it uh, right away. I was uh, actually a baseball guy. And then when that first lockout hit, I fell in love with lacrosse after that because all my friends were playing. Uh, and then after, God, when was it? Probably my first seriously competitive lacrosse would have been Junior B. When I'm in an off season, I got asked to play, and I said, absolutely, why not? So hockey and lacrosse were my thing for the majority of my life, yeah. Well, there you go. Um well, your first, I know your first season, uh, uh, in the Ontario, uh, in the provincial, in the, in the junior A league, you play five games. Yeah. Uh, Bramley Blues. Yeah. Bramley. There, there he goes. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're set, you're, you're 17. You played the, you played the five games that year with them. And then, uh, 
in uh, 0304, you come back and play a full season, 41 games, 129 minutes yeah. of penalties. Um, were you sort of, like you were saying, kind of aggressive? Were you kind of aggressive right from the start? Like, did you need, you didn't really need to be talked into it? We'll put it that way. Definitely not. They did not have to be talked into it, asked or nothing. That was uh, just the way I played the game. Hard nosed in the actual, in the corners. Played right wing, played center, played defense. Um, yeah, it didn't matter where I played. That was that was my style of game. Yeah, and like uh, and and like you said, the uh, the uh, the Ontario Junior A League. I mean, that's a, that's a huge league, and um, you know, you guys are out in the in the West Division there. Um, I know some of the characters I looked up and saw some of the names that would be familiar to people. Like Chris Cloutier, Justin Sawyer were in the league. At that time, yeah, they would have been. Uh, it's funny you say those names. You when you mentioned it to me prior to doing the interview, I did uh, just to refresh memories of where they played. I would have uh, met those guys probably in tournaments or near the end of the year when we were fighting for the championships because they were in a different loop than I was. Yeah, like I was. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, like, with the yeah. like, with so many teams and so many divisions. Um, like the, obviously for travel and that type of thing, um, right. they, they, they just sort of play just in the West, so to speak. For the most part. Yeah. I think the furthest East we went would have been, oh geez, let me think back here. Probably. Oh Lord. Long time ago now, but yeah, they were, they were in the Eastern side of I guess the city. So we didn't cross over into them, <clears throat> like I said, until we hit them in tournaments or near the end of the season when everything amalgamated for the, for the championships. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with 129 minutes, I, you know, I'm sure they weren't all hooking calls. So, I mean, obviously you, you, <laughs> you, you got into a few tilts. Um, uh, at, at this point where you, uh, you know how, how many how many fights were you looking at right around here? Like, did you kind of just go into it swinging right out of the gate? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it wasn't every game back then that I fought. Um, I usually had the same guy on each team when we played them back then. When I was playing for Bramley, I mean, the guy I fought. The most I would think would be Tyson Gimblet, if that name rings a bell at all. Um, he played for Georgetown. He was he was a pretty good hockey player, but he was a tough guy as well. Okay, fought him probably oh god five six times in the in the season for sure. And then other guys, the Brian Ham, I tried to fight a couple times, but he was he was an older guy. He wouldn't fight. Uh, there was a couple other guys on Georgetown, Derek Naylor. Um, not sure whatever happened to these guys in hockey, but, uh, yeah, back then, like I said, I would never have fought the guys that you named until, uh, I guess after playoffs and we made it through our, our division. Did, um, were you guys, was it, um, see, being out West here, I'm not familiar with the, uh, I mean, I know about the, the junior, the Ontario league, but, uh, was it half visors or was it cages? Uh, yeah, no, at that time it was, uh, 
half visors, absolutely, yep. Yeah. Well, like, so that's your kind of your, your first, um, you know, your first full season at junior. Um, I noticed the, uh, the following year you went to Orangeville, um, and you kind of, you, you kind of dropped down to, uh, to, to junior B in the, in the Midwestern league. Uh, what was your, what was your reason for leaving? Uh, it was not my choice. Uh, Bramley Blues folded after that season you see there. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to left out out to dry. I went to a couple games in Georgetown always just, just to go watch on a Saturday night. And uh, their manager coach saw me sitting in the stands and had a chat with me after a game one night. And uh, the rest is history. And that's where they sent me as their feeder club there to uh, kind of get some skates in and get some games under my belt before I made them the the trip back to Georgetown there. Um, being out in Ontario, did you, did you go to any OHL camps at all or anything? I did not. No, I did. Uh, no big claim to fame or anything. Uh, a lot of guys make the draft list, but I never got drafted per se. So never, never got the chance or, or the opportunity for the OHL camps at all. No. Okay. Um, well, like you said, and then the the, the so you yeah, unfortunately you just played kind of the seven games then, um, but oh five oh six twenty year old you're you're in the, the hometown in Georgetown you play the thirty seven yes, games sure. one hundred and seventy minutes. Um, at that point, as a twenty year old in that league, did your does your mindset change at all? Like, were you kind of you know what I mean? Like, were you kind of thinking, okay, I'm the, I'm gonna kind of be the I got to be the kingpin here? Was that sort of your mindset? At that point, well, yes and no. I mean, I just played my game. I welcomed whoever wanted to. It didn't bother me. It wasn't like I was that uh, older guy. I'm the kingpin. What are you trying me for? Type of person. You want to try? Let's go. I'll give you a go. Uh, well, I noticed one of the names on there was uh, was Dennis Sicard. Did you ever run into him, or was it again? Was he in the other divisions? He might have been other divisions. I don't recognize that name. No. Okay. Um, what was the um, at at this point? Uh, were you fairly comfortable with the fighting at this point? Like I know some guys when I've talked to them before, when they get into junior, you know, they yeah. you know, they start adapt, they get start falling into that enforcer role, and you know, I mean, it's like anything. You have your ups and downs. You take a few licks. You win some, lose some. When did it become, at this point, had it become comfortable? Are you comfortable with the role yet? Oh, absolutely. I was comfortable with the role in in minor AAA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with it hard. And, uh, you know, it, 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 helped, uh, it helped me out through uh, actually a couple tough times in my life because my, my sister passed away. In 2003. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, um, like you said earlier, I, I told you I was an open book, so I'll give you my complete history, really. Yeah. Pardon me. She, yeah, she passed away in 2003 while I was still playing, obviously, uh, competitively at that state. And, uh, yeah, you know what? Going back 
and and falling into that role again after that pass it it was almost like a free therapy for me you know what i mean yeah well you kind of get back out in the road or on the bus and with the boys and that kind of thing and yeah occupied my mind a little bit uh maybe not the right way to grieve of course but i mean it helped me out through a lot of through a lot of tough times for sure being that guy being around guys and being on the road all the time so yeah Yeah, i fell in love with it more after that as well well that's it and like they say right everyone grieves different and it's like it's all how we how we all all of us process differently right and uh that's right but I could definitely see, like you can, you can kind of see how the role, especially as a twenty-year-old, you know. And it's, I think in junior, it's kind of a different thing, right? When you're a twenty-year-old in junior, and you kind of, you know, you got a lot of young guys maybe away from home for the first time, and and all that right. type of thing. I mean, the twenty-year-olds are leaned on real heavily in the junior system. Absolutely. Yeah, and then especially, and I, I was lucky enough to be to be the guy from the hometown as well, too, right? So exactly. Um. Helping the billets, like you said, that were from out of town was was a, a big part too, for sure, for a couple of us that were hometown guys. Yeah, no, exactly. And like you said, it, like twenty year olds are kind of really leaned on. Then when you have like yeah. the, the kind of the enforcer of the team, you know, as a twenty year old as well, I think it, it, you know, it's sort of amplified even more so in terms of uh, kind of that not father figure, but kind of the babysitter, big brother type of yeah. type of thing, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, and then you're the hometown guy to boot. So, yeah. Um, at this time, um, you know, so 0506 wraps up with Georgetown. Um, you know, like I said, you were 20, right? At this point, do you have any, like, do you have any ambitions of, of playing, like, minor pro hockey or, like, is hockey still – are you kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Or is it I'm 20, I'm done? What was your mindset? I, I did. I did have aspirations to do it. But, you know, I, like I said earlier, I never never got the opportunity connections-wise or networking-wise uh, for the OHL. So it never really followed me through my junior career. Um, I was planning on getting an apprenticeship, take a year up, back to school, get some schooling done. And then out of the blue, I got home from work one day. I had a phone call from, uh, um, if I remember his name correctly, uh, Carl Bouchier, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, central scout for the LNAH. Said, I got a, I got an owner here for you that wants to talk to you. He literally hung up the phone. Um, Fred, from the uh, Saintia Saint Top Design called me, and I was out there a week later for a skate and a game. I went home, and then the rest was history. They they told me Derek Parker got s- suspended for ten games, eleven games for juggling pucks on the ice, which you can see in a video yeah. if you can find the right one. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, and then the rest was history. I went out there and that's who I lived with. I lived with Derek Parker out there for got a year and a bit. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was my life. I, I fell right in love with that league. I can tell you that now. Okay. So we'll go to the start here where they, when they call you, um, did yeah. you, did you know about the LNAH? Like, 
or were you just? I like- I did, but I didn't. I was I was being coached at the time by a guy uh, by the name of Blaine McCauley, who uh, is oh. John McCauley's son. Um, and he's, he's West and- McCauley's brother, right? The ref. That that is correct. Yeah, played played for the. Uh, oh God, he was a tough son of a bitch too. He used to show us fight videos on bus trips all the time. Oh, he played Fury and stuff. I've talked to Blaine before. I tried to get Blaine on the show a couple times. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tough dude, man. Yeah. Oh man, and and not a I, not a very big guy, but tough as nails. Lefty would would surprise a lot of guys. And then uh, he warned me about who I would be meeting up against because obviously with his pro hockey uh, career, he knew the uh, Brad Wingfields, he knew the Louis Bedards, he knew all those guys that were coming to the tail end of their careers and and migrating back to Quebec for, for hockey, right? So I was warned in a sense of how tough, I was going up against for sure, and it was it was quite the eye opener. I'll tell you that going in there for the first game. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I was going to say when when you show up and uh, you know and you get there, uh, yeah. Just take us through that first game, like when you're you know you're doing the warm ups and whatever. Like you said, you're tw- you're coming off a. Of, you know, you're kind of the tough guy in your league and whatever. You're young, you're ready, you're, you know, full of piss and vinegar, and all of a sudden you get out there. Uh, do you remember who your first game was against? Uh, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, I could probably remember the fighter better than the team. It was My first fight there was Samuel Duplain, if I'm not mistaken. And... Uh, <laughs> That was a that was a quick eye opener because I was used to doing the whole get into a fight in the corner during the play and then having to drop the gloves and the helmet and square off was uh was quite the learning curve for me for sure. And yep. then uh going going from the likes of Samuel Duplain to halfway through that season fighting a Patrick Cote. I was uh, right, you know. It's uh, I learned a lot of lessons real quick. That's for sure. Being a twenty-one-year-old fighting guys ten years my senior with experience, it was uh, it was it was awesome to be honest. <laughs> well, I was gonna say so. Like, yeah. So your first game uh, that would have been against Tetford, uh, Tetford Mines, and they're, you know, you look at their team. I mean, they have Darcy Johnson, Samuel Duplain, yeah. Mark Andre Waugh, uh, Curtis Swanson. So you have all these guys out there, and, uh, and you kind of roll in. Um, yeah, that's got to be, although at the same time, I mean, do you know any of these guys? Like, did you do any, did you get on? I, I didn't. I didn't. I went into it as a fresh guy with no knowledge of, how each guy fought or nothing oh, other well, than when I, when, when I got there and I had, uh, uh, Craig Brunel, for instance, on my team who fought in that league for years, he, he would warn me prior to, to each fight really who and what to watch for. So I had a lot of good teammates around me at that time to help the young pup out, I guess you could say. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, and that's, well, I mean, like, ignorance is bliss sometimes, right? I mean, you know, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you definitely want to know. But, I mean, your guys, your team, I mean, oof. I mean, Manny Fachette, Sean McMorrow, like you said, Derek Parker, Ryan Hand. Um, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, Brunel at the start there. Um, you know, Dan Baum. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you had some uh, had some tough dudes. Uh, on your team as well, and obviously some kind of some veteran guys there. Um, like you said, you lived with Derek Parker, so I mean, obviously yep. he would probably give you the heads up. Like I'm assuming he probably worked with you and kind of gave you the heads up on what was going on. Uh, absolutely, yeah. We talked usually before each game, and uh, well, because back we would all get called into the office. Okay, you're fighting so and so tonight. You're fighting so and so tonight, and we would always know who we were fighting in a sense. And then obviously I would, I would be asking questions to the guys that knew that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. And for folks listening, it just sounds so wild. I mean, right. I mean, I know like I've had, like I've had other LNH guys on and they always like to talk about the number ones, the number twos. That's how it was always referred to as right. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, just like, uh, you know, what was sort of your first, like you get there and like you say, you're, you're, you're hanging out and you got some tough guys in that team. I'll just throw some names at you and like, you know, what, what was your impressions of them and, and how'd you get along with them? Like, just like a, a Cody Doucette. Oh, Cody Doucette. No. <laughs> there, there's a, he, he was a guy that, uh, he always had a he was never really in the dressing room of course never never a mad guy whatsoever but i mean he he was like myself i'm he turned a switch once he got on the ice right and uh fisherman from out out east tough as nails not not a big guy by any means but held his own with the big boys i'll tell you that much and uh he he had some experience prior to myself, so he he helped me out for sure too. And then uh, the old boys like Stan Melanson, yep, yeah, uh, that was on the team. Uh, I'm just looking through here on the hockey DB at the same time, like guys that weren't fighters all the time that would help out, like Ian McIntyre, tough as nails, Mario Terrian, uh, Jimmy Verdul, like all these guys that were in the league for a couple of years that knew these guys would always help out, which obviously was a big helping hand, but Manuel Frechette, man, for a guy his size, I'll tell you, he was one pound for pound, probably one of the tougher guys for sure I've ever strapped him up with. Unbelievable. Yeah, he had some toe-to-toe wars, that guy. Just something to watch, too, with the, the style of the way he, I don't know, just, I can remember it, just drop his head and come up with that left would just catch guys like you wouldn't believe sometimes. So there was a lot to learn, that's for sure, in the dressing rooms uh, and on the ice. So it it was, there was a lot lot to be, a lot of questions I asked, I, I listened to the answers, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Well, yeah, and like, and that's the thing, especially like you said with the kind of the veteran guys. I mean, you got guys that have played, um, well, hell, as high as the NHL, American League East Coast to to major, G, right. like, like a Ryan Hand, 
coming out of the Quebec Major yep. Junior League and stuff. I mean, both you guys are 21 years old. Kind of both of you are kind of experiencing it for the first time. Um, you know, did you get along with Ryan? I did. I absolutely did. I mean, he he was one tough son of a bitch, man. He fought Morasti. I don't know how many times. Yep. I never. I never fought Morasti um, mm. because of him. Because he's you no. Know, I got him. I got him. I to watch. Yeah, watch him fight. He was quick, man. Little. He he was a good one. Good one to watch if you could watch a bunch of his fights. I don't know whoever's listening, man, would pull up that guy's name. He, he's got some good ones out there. Yeah, he does. How about, like, well, and then you have, like, a veteran guy that played in the American League and, and was played, with the, you know, in the NHL uh, in Sean McMorrow. Yeah, he uh, he came in slightly after I did. Um, and, yeah, he, he fought Bosse a couple times. He, he was, there were some tricks learned from him, for sure. And to watch watch him go... All those big boys, Terrio. I mean, Terrio's an animal, and that's why they call him the animal. But yeah, Sean. Sean was a tough cookie, and he he held his own. That's for sure. He he taught a lot. Of, he taught a lot of us young younger guys some things that helped out big time for sure too. Yeah, like were you? Uh, I like I said, I've had guys on the show. Were you a Jersey guy? Like, did you do any Jersey modifications? We talk about tricks uh, in the trade. No, no, I was just uh, throw the jersey on, go and go. <laughs> I wasn't one to modify too much. I mean, the only thing that I modified my equipment was my elbow pads. I wore my my uh, lacrosse slash guards, so okay. there wasn't that big, big cup on my elbow, right? Yep, the catch here and there, but. Uh, other than that, small shoulder pads, nothing nothing major with the modifications, no. Well, and for those listening, uh, uh, obviously we're talking about uh, Kyle's first year, 06, 07. Um, you actually led the league in penalty minutes with uh, 352, and you had 48 fights, so you certainly uh, uh, came out swinging. Um <laughs> And I, I've heard stories of like Terrio in warm-ups and Morasti, you know, they like to cruise center ice and yell and scream and talk and everything else. Who were the, uh, were you kind of a big, did you cruise the red line or, uh, and, and get yapping or who was, who was kind of notorious, uh, for that? Uh, you know, I, I, I did once in a while. I kept to myself in warm-up usually a bit, kind of get mentally into it, but, uh, we had our guys on the team. McMorrow liked to do that once in a hand. All the other guys there. Um, the only one I can remember doing that with would have been, uh, I think, Jesse Grenier, if I'm not mistaken, if that's his name correctly. Yep. Did that once we got into it in the game, and then that was the end of it, of course. Uh, a lot of guys out there I found were respectful that way, playing the role, doing yeah. their things, and then after the game, it was it was what it was. You'd see them in a bar and have a beer, right? You know, there was a couple dirty guys there that I didn't like. Uh, Mike Varog, for instance, he he thumbed me in the eye a couple times during fights, and I just I lost it a couple times, extra penalties here and there, but. Him, uh, on a good note, super respectful way. Uh, 
I can remember the first time I fought Roger Maxwell. Yeah. And he played for um, Sherbrooke at the time. Yep. And him being an older guy, we got into, he get down to the ground. We get in the refs around us, and he says to me in my ear, he says, I have the utmost respect for you, kid. He says, your fucking coach uses you guys like a meat market. And at that time, we were coached by Pierre Peltier, I believe. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he had a reputation of just using his his tough guy's like they were the end of his arm, right? Because he was a small guy. So well, Kyle, I was going to say, Kyle, you're reading my notes here. I actually have that name circled, and I was going to ask you, did you get along with him? With Pierre? Yeah. Uh, I did because I enjoyed playing the role, and I did what he asked. But he, he did. He he just didn't give a shit. I can remember one the, the one brawl, I believe it was in 06 with Sorrell. I was on the bench at the time, and our guys, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Jimmy Verdul was on the ice. He was getting beat up by, I believe it was Dandino, and he just got popped pretty good, went down. Everybody was fighting, and he just set me on the ice. Go, go, go. And at that time, I had not started a brawl in my career out there. That was the first one, and uh, I can remember making the mistake of taking my own helmet off before I got into the shit there. And I can remember looking up and seeing uh, <laughs> Eric LaBelle, LaRivier, and I forget the other guy's name at the time. I believe it was Gerald Moriarty yeah, on yeah. that team. Yeah. All, all coming for me at the same time. So I had no, no choice but to duck and protect myself and come out of that one with six or seven stitches. So, I mean, yeah, he, he didn't give a shit about us. He just used us as he liked to. Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. Like, you're talking about, I mean, I know you you were involved in a couple bench clearings that year, were you not? I believe there was an, another one with St. Jean, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, a couple, a couple that year. Not as many as... You look back and you think of that league being brawls all the time, but uh, yeah, I was in there for a couple for sure. Yeah, what, what's the like? What, what's the what's just going through your mind when you see the benches clear? Because it's such a rare thing, <laughs> and like you said, even like for all of hockey, I mean, you know, that's kind of gone away in the NHL. That used to happen in the seventies and whatever, right? But then it kind of you know the rules got put yeah. in or whatever. So the LNH was really <laughs> the only league left where there was bench clearings. Um, yeah, what, yeah. What is going on? Like, I know the one you had was in a it was pregame, was it not? Uh, more than likely, probably. Yeah, yeah I think the Saint John. I mean, yeah. Like, like you're asking, what's your thought process? Because you know who's on the other side. Yeah, like who who the hell's coming? Who who's got me? And you, and you obviously hope to God it's not Joel Terrio coming to you. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I I got uh, I got lucky through a couple of those brawls where I, I came out relatively unscathed, I guess you could say. Well, I was gonna say because you kind of because everybody's sort of partnering off. If you got your guy when you had your guy, did anybody kind of come from the side and sucker you at all? Did that happen to you at all? I I got lucky enough never to have that happen because I had guys on my team that were were real good at. Uh, 
I guess you could say protecting each other that way and and keeping guys like that tied up. Uh, yeah, so I, I never really worried about that, to be honest. I'm trying to think who I had on the show, and they were talking about it, and they said their whole thing was when the brawl started, they always wanted their back to the glass. So that yeah, way they could see who's, who's coming. coming. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You feel like an old mafia boss. You can't sit, you know. Yeah. You need to have that <laughs> line of sight everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, you know, like you said, 48 tilts. I mean, I'm going to throw some names at you, some of your fights and or some of your opponents, and we'll see what, we'll see what we got here. But I know you fought him a couple t- times that year was uh, John Hewitt. Yeah, John Hewitt. I remember. I think he was probably, I want to say, my third fight in that season, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yep. He, and uh, yeah, he was an older guy. He he was tough as nails too. He was he was known around the league, obviously, with being on that Sorrell team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he I fought him a couple times. I mean. I wish I could have fought him a couple more because I might have done a bit better towards the end of the season. He caught me early. And I, I, I talked to John a couple times via Facebook, obviously. And yep. he, They're all great dudes, man. All, all those guys out there are great dudes that they're just doing a job and being who they are, right? So, yep. I oh. mean, yeah, he, he was good. He was fun. Well, like I said, like, uh, well, I was telling you last night, I was, I was going down, uh, going down the Termini rabbit hole here on YouTube and I was watching all your fights and, uh, um, tried to, and yeah, a couple of, well, you had actually a couple of good ones with, uh, with Danic Lassard. Yeah, actually Danic Lassard. Yeah. He was, uh, he was a kind of a scary one because he was a lefty. And I didn't know that my first fight with him, and I learned that real quick. <laughs> Lefty and real quick. And he was really fast, too. Kind of like Fashette, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was actually the one that kind of, not him personally, but a fight with him that, that kind of started the end of my career there, too. I separated my shoulder in a fight with him. Yeah, like, would that be... Um... Yeah, when you got hurt, was that was uh, that was the following year, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, because that yeah. that's why you only played the eleven game. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll get we'll get there. Um, we'll just uh, we'll stick in 06, 07 here just for a bit. But uh, um, while well, you brought up the name Patrick Cote, and of course he's legendary in the LNAH, and um, I watched that fight when you fought him, and I mean. Um, what is that like to have? Because he kind of comes charging at you, and you're along the boards, and it's like, what are you thinking when that guy's coming at you? And what did you do to get him so mad? Like, it looked like he was, like, legit pissed, like, before he even got going. Like, did you do something to him, or was he just like that? I might have slashed him or something stupid to get him going because he wouldn't fight. But, uh, yeah, knowing where he came from and what he was capable of, that one... That was probably the one I was most hesitant with, for yeah. sure, because of who you knew who he was. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but 
as a 21 year old, I was happy <laughs> to come out on top with that. Right. <laughs> you know, well, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't disappointed with my effort on that one. Well, that's Patrick coaching. You got, you came out of it. That's right. Yeah. You came out of it breathing. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. You know, like, I, I mean, I've remember. had, a, yeah, like I said, I've had a bunch of guys on the show and every one of them has said Patrick Cote is the meanest guy they've ever played against. I just tried to hurt him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I can remember coming out of that fight in the first Dad, Dad, you'll never guess. You'll never guess who I fought tonight. <laughs> Obviously, being him being the old NHL guy, yeah. you uh, you tell your friends about that one real quick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, you like it. Yeah. What did that? What did the parent? What did your parents think of this? This whole deal. Oh, my dad loved it. My dad loved it. My mom hated it. Yeah, that's kind of the my, right. Yeah. My, the style of play I played hockey. I don't think my mom really saw a hockey game from sixteen on. Yeah. And I'd go, I'd go home all the time with marks on my face, this and that. And what'd you do this time, mom? Do you re- do you really need to ask? I tell her, and then she bitch at me and bitch at me. But yeah, my dad, God, he he drove out to Quebec a bunch of times, obviously to to come watch. He, he it was hard for him to miss all that. <laughs> he loved it. He loved it. Of 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 the uh, well, and that's the thing with the now. Not only I mean, we're talking like the brawls and all the fights and everything else, but I mean those arenas and those fans. Are uh, are legendary as well. I mean, you got the you know. Um, what was your what was your favorite rink to play? What was your favorite road rink to play in? Uh, my probably Sorrell. Yeah, Sorrell was a good one. I play I played in that arena too. Yep, for Sorrell at one point. So, uh, yeah, Sorrell was a good one. You go up to Tetford Mines. That was also a decent one. But uh, the only rink I never got to play in, and I kind of wish I did, was the old House of Pain. Oh, yeah, because they were St. Sean at that time. They weren't in Laval anymore. That's right. Yeah. That's correct. They were in St. Bose at that time. And it, it uh, I never got to play there, but I can imagine what that barn would have been like. Oh, if those walls could talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Did you ever get into it with any of the fans? No, no, never did. Never. I usually kept my quiet in the box. I mean, let them do their thing. You know, they're they're paying paying spectators, so well, they say what they say. You know, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was hard not to sometimes, but being an English guy, it was also good not to understand them either. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you couldn't understand what they were saying anyway, but <laughs> I did laugh, though, after some of your fights. I know you definitely like to put the arms up and put on a bit of a show, I saw. Um, I kind of figured that had to be good for at least a few beers thrown at you anyway. Oh, that too. I, I used to, I can remember getting in trouble from Pierre a couple of times and, and my the one of the owners, Fred, there. Like, what the fuck are you... Pardon my language, but what the hell are you doing bringing these guys to the boards all the time? Like if you don't make it to center ice with these fights and give these fans a show, then we may not have a spot for you on this team, pretty much is what they said, long story short. Yeah. But uh, so to kind of 
answer your question there, yeah, the the showmanship part of it was was a big part you had to play after. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't mind it. I, I really gonna, didn't. I was going to ask, was that hard for you to do? Like some guys just don't no. like doing it, but. I mean, you have to, that's the one thing with the Quebec League, right? They want, they definitely want a little WWF mixed in with it. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, it, it was never against the guys because I, I believe to be, you get respect, you got to show respect too at the same time. So usually it was more towards the fans afterwards. So, well, for the most, for the most part. Anyway. I was going to say, did you have, but there had to have been a couple guys though that kind of, I'm trying to think who it was you did it to, and they fucking snapped. I'm trying to think who it was now. Jason uh, Bone. Yes, Bone. Yes, that was a good. That was a good fight too. Oh uh, yeah, and and knowing who he is later after that, I probably wouldn't have done it, and maybe showed him a bit more respect. But uh, I mean, yeah, no, that was a spur of the moment thing, and it worked out. I didn't get my head kicked in too hard after that. Well, that was a good fight, you guys. That was a good one. Um, what, what was it? Did you play at the Coliseum at all in Quebec? Uh, in Quebec City, I did. Yep, a couple times. Yep, for sure. And uh, I mean, the Pepsi Coliseum being an NHL barn. I mean, yeah, they still filled up that bottom area in the one section pretty good. So it was that was an interesting. That was a neat barn to play in too. Yeah, I was going to say, they always got pretty good crowd support, the Radio X team. So I can imagine yeah. th- that would, uh, yeah, that yeah, that would have been something to play in front of. Well, they they knew going to those games, they were getting they were getting their entertainments worse with Dubay and, and the boys on that team. So Well, you, well, you fought Dubay. And again, Shox is a legendary figure in that league, has been around. He was around late 90s. He started in that league and played forever and, um, you know, big guy. What was it like fighting him? Ah, tough man. He he was a he's a big boy. Yeah, he is. And I normally didn't fight him. Sean McMorrow would fight him usually. And for whatever reason, I mean, I can remember this whole fight like it was yesterday. I was off the bench in the room, uh, going to the bathroom. I came back and literally right that second, you get on the ice, you're fighting him. Okay. And he got me a couple times. I saw stars in that one for sure. He, The technique he had kind of that close, quick rabbit punches. I mean, he got you more than it looked. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, that's the thing. I always kind of like just, you know, talking to guys about, like, kind of technique and stuff. Um, well, you're listed. They got you here at 6'2", 230. Are you legitimately 6'2"? I, I, I am, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so you're, you and know. I was, and I was maybe a little heavier than 230. They were very nice to me in my uh, my weight there. Well, you're fluffed up a little bit. That's okay. Um, <laughs> when, when now, I mean, you talk about Varhog. I mean, of course, what's he like? Six, 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 seven. I oh mean, God, no! He's what six nine? I think he's the same size as Char, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a big boy, man. Yeah, well, so you get him. Like a, and, I mean, I know you fought him. I mean, Brandon Christian's about six foot six, and I mean, Dubay's about six four. I mean, yeah. Did you prefer? I mean, some guys liked it. Did you like prefer fighting taller guys, or did you want them shorter, or like you know? I, to me personally, it didn't. It didn't matter. 
Like, did it you, didn't, did, you didn't alter your style at all? Didn't matter. No, you're gonna get it if you're gonna get it. It doesn't matter who. Like, I've gotten it. I got it hard from, like you said, Danik Lassard a bunch of times, and then you get the Brett and Christians coming down on you when you're on the ice and throwing you the forearm or the extra punch. You know, it's uh, it, <laughs> in that league. It didn't matter who you were going against, big or small. You'd have to be be on your on your game no matter what. Well, you brought up, like you said, you brought up Barhog. You know, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you guys didn't get along. And uh, looking it up, you fought him six times. You fought him, and I mean, and that dude was like, a, like that guy was a killer. Like he, I mean, the pre, the previous season, he had knocked out your roommate there, Parker, knocked him out with a pretty vicious punch. And I mean, he he had some big time KOs in that league. Um, what, oh, yeah. what brought the, did you guys just like, just hate each other right from the get go? Like what started the whole rivalry? I think that might've been me probably being the young pup and got to take the big boy down. Yeah. That would have been me. I'm sure. <laughs> I can remember one fight with him after yeah, it was in St. St. Hyacinth at the time. And I mean, getting pretty good. Not a spectacular fight, but I got my arm stuck in his jersey. And uh, the refs come in, and okay, guys, okay, guys. And, of course, I drop my other hand and let the refs do their thing. Well, doesn't he go back seven feet with one arm and catch me right in the side of the neck? And, I mean, blackout quick. I mean, I never went down or never got knocked out, but one of those things where he, he used to do the little extra thumb in the eye or fish hook or something stupid when the refs were in there. So I think that's why I fought him so many times because there was some payback to be done after a couple fights. I remember another one in Sherbrooke at the time and just chopping him down to his knees before I started fighting him because <laughs> like I'm going to get the best of you this time, but it, I mean, it still didn't work out in my favor. He was, he was almost as tall as I was on his knees for God's sake. So it didn't really make much of a difference. Yeah. Like it was just, um, yeah, I guess this is <laughs> one of those guys, right? You just have like, there's just that dislike for, right? Whether, you yeah. Know, I had the utmost respect for the guy, but I hated him every game I played him, too. Yeah, you know. Well, and you had some interesting run-ins on that Sherbrooke team, and that St. Laurent, I think you fought him a couple times, too. Uh, Yeah, I have probably one of my better fights. It was on the the TSN in Quebec there the one night, and I think it might be after uh, Varog knocked out Parker that night bad. Yeah. Like, real bad. Uh, flat in his face bad. And, uh, of course, I had fought St. Laurent already in that game prior. And after that fight, of course, the coach was like, okay, we got to get some momentum back here. So I went out and fought St. Laurent again. And decent fight. He, he, was a, he was a tough cookie, a little bit bigger than me tall-wise. And, uh... Yeah, I think that was probably one of my better fights in that league with with him there. Caught him a caught him a couple good times there, but lost my balance at the end, so that kind of put things in a damper. 
Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, it was a good fight, though. Um, I'll just throw a couple other names at you. Um, Marc-Andre Waugh? Yeah. Yeah. He was a big boy, too. Like, I'm not a small guy, and I say big boy. These guys were, these guys were fair, fair good size. You were saying Brandon Christian being 6'4", and yeah. who knows how much he weighed, really. Um. Again, another guy that I, just to run off of the whole respect, but you hate him at the same time, I had a I had a feud going with Chris Cloutier a couple times that year. Would, ne- would never, ever fight me for some reason. I don't know why. And then one game he did, and I can remember, it's on video too, you can see it, a quick clip. I'm skating as hard as I could at him. He drops to his knees. I do a full flip and get up and start fighting with him. And uh, this was after we had dropped the mitts already. So, yeah, there was, like you were saying, there was guys in there that you hated and guys that you feuded with, but you also had respect for them afterwards. So, Yeah, well, and I mean, Kluche, I mean, he's still playing. Can you believe that? I know. I couldn't believe that when I was, watching a bunch of stuff clips on facebook and stuff the other day he he's well he's gonna be up there in age two now i guess was he the same age as i am almost he's, 40 he's 40 i think he's actually 40 I believe. yeah 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 he's, uh he's so, well he's the all-time penalty minute leader in the lnah i mean he's been there since uh i think oh one i think he's played hey, good good on him good yeah. on him to, to laugh to be the guy he was and I mean, good hockey player at the same time and was never afraid to fight. Uh, good on him for sticking it out that long in that league, man. Yeah, he's a guy I want to get on the show. I think he'd, he'd imagine the stories he'd have. Well, because he's, oh. he's seen the whole thing. He's seen right when the LN, when it was the Quebec Senior League. He was there yeah. when it turned into the LNAH all the way till now. I mean, yeah, he could give you the entire timeline of the league, right? I mean, oh, he's probably, he's got stories about every single guy you could mention. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, another name, um, a big guy. You kind of mentioned him earlier, but uh, Eric Labelle. What was I mean? I know you played, but what was it like fighting him? Oh, what now? There's a super technical fighter for you, uh, in my experience, anyway. Yeah, that was a hard one. I don't know if I landed a punch on him. He he tie you up like you wouldn't believe. But that comes from the the experience he had too, right? Yep. I think he was a slightly older than I was, not too too much, but uh also a great guy to play with. I I was on the same team as him the following season and uh respect oh, you know, it was a, always a good fight with you, kid, blah blah blah, all that type of stuff and uh yeah, big, 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 big boy, but technical, man. Technical. Yep. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That wasn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even a bigger payout. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, we're back at it here. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll just hit you, uh, while we were talking about Eric LaBelle there. Um, one other guy, legendary tough guy in that league. Um, well, he was on Sherbrooke too. Uh, Louis Bedard. Was it fighting oh, Louis? Louis Bedard, yes, sir. A couple, I, I don't remember fighting him too many times. Maybe once, I think, or it, twice. It was just the one time. In but, the play, it was in the playoffs. Yeah. So, but, but, just a beast. Old, yeah. uh, I hate to say it, old man strength because he was older than me, but wow. And and quick, quick. He threw what they call the jackhammer, I guess, real, real fast. And uh, he was one of the guys, like I was saying earlier, I was warned about from Blade McCauley, I guess, through his career. And, uh, yeah, that warning perceived itself, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Even just from the bench, watching him fight other guys, he just manhandled some guys, being uh, stocky as he was at his height. Like he was what, probably six foot, maybe five, something like that, and as wide as he was yep. and in shape, and <laughs> yeah, he was he was a strong one. That's for sure. Was there um, was there any guy? Like, was there any guy that you wish you'd, like, a Terrio or John Morasti? Was was there any guy that you re- wish you had fought that you didn't? Yeah, Morasti. I wish I would have fought him. Uh, probably would have hurt a lot. Uh, but, yeah, him. I don't know if I really... I, I, I would have fought any one of those guys if I had to. Uh, just being the guy I was, but, uh, knowing, no, know, knowing what the outcome would have been probably for sure. I mean, you look at, uh, Steve Bosset, man, yeah. just an absolute beast on that ice. You see him fight Terrio a couple times and do just fine. Right. And Terrio being who he was. And then you look at a guy, Marasti, was there any quit in that guy? Is there any quitting him still to this day? Probably not. No, exactly. You know, it's uh, you look at those three legends in that league, and uh, yeah, one the ouch comes to mind in my face. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, speaking of, like, when, so when you're playing Saint Jean, like you said, like I mean, they got Cote, uh, Bosse. Sugden, Francois yeah. Larue, uh, Yuri Machevsky. Yuri Machevsky, yeah. And then they got uh, LP Charbonneau there, who never shut his mouth. <laughs> I was good. Well, I know you fought Charbonneau, right? Um, <laughs> how, how did that fight? I couldn't find that fight. How'd it go? That was part of the one brawl there, I think, yeah. really, that happened in. Yeah, he kind of got me in a chokehold and held me down to the ground and was just chirping along. But uh, I wish I could have fought him a couple more times. But he, he he was another guy that there was a bunch of guys in that league that surprised me that weren't 
big, big fighters for him. Like he he would he would fight, but he wasn't their fighter type of guy. Like he surprised me, but the, the one that surprised me the most actually out of I believe he played for Sorel at the time was Alexander Dandino. That guy's a bad dude, man. I fought him a couple times, and the the size he was, man, and not being a, a, a fighter, say, man, he he could chuck them. He could chuck them pretty good. He caught me a couple times. I'd say I probably got hit, probably felt it the most from him, to be honest with you. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Of all, of, you know, you had forty eight fights that year. Was there anybody that hit you, and you were just like, "Oh, this sucks. Like, this is not good." Probably him. Yeah, the, the him. He hit me a couple times. Uh, uh, Lassard, Lassard threw a hard punch. Yeah, Lassard threw a pretty hard punch, and then uh, you get the likes of Dubé, of course. But yeah, I, I'd say that. It wasn't always the bigger guy that got me the worst. It was, I got probably the worst from Danik Lassard because I fought him more. But uh, yeah, Dandino surprised me big time. And I'll, uh, <laughs> if, I talk, if I ever talk to him again, I'll tell him that right to his face too. He was probably the one that caught me off guard biggest, I'd say. Well, so this so this year, like you said, you, you had you led the league in penalty minutes. You had forty eight fights. You're 21 years old. I mean, I, I I would say that that's a pretty solid year for your rookie year. And <laughs> yeah, then, and then yeah. the next, and then they let you go to Sorrell. What ha- what happened? Like, did they did they cut you? Well, like, did you get traded? Yeah, no, like, what happened? A, I got traded. There's a I broke my hand in the off season. I came back damaged goods. Oh. So there was a trade there, and then uh, I forget what happened. Uh, St. Hyacinth was making a bunch of trades, and I got traded back to, to Top Design, actually, that same year. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was, I would say that was my fault, getting traded there, being a stupid idiot in the, in the off season, breaking my hand. And then... Uh, was that, was that off, was that extracurricular activities or that, was that, that a lacrosse that fight? Not, that was not sports induced. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was me just probably having a good time one night being an idiot. T- talking when you should have been listening. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all had those. Yeah. Um, well, at this time though, are you playing lacrosse at the same time though? Right. Uh, I did. I played a little bit. For uh, oh geez, where was that team? It was a senior B team out of oh god, what team was that? Now I believe it was out of uh, the same arena the Saint John played out of. I forget the name of the team. I, I apologize, but yeah, no, I was playing in the off season there, uh, lacrosse senior B level. Yeah. Did I did I read the article correctly that you had an incident with a fan? I don't know. Maybe do you have the article in front of you? It was in a it was in a it was in the CBC news that you got uh, charged with oh, assault with a fan. That, okay, well, that's the one. You're, that was prior to 
That was in my junior B days. Okay. That was prior to going out to Quebec, all that stuff. That was my junior B days when I played for the Halton Bulldogs. Yep. And uh, we were in Cornwall at the time. And uh, long story short, we were winning the game. We had played Aquasosny, which is just over the bridge there the night prior. And uh, all their fans came to that game. We played Cornwall the next night. And I get in a fight in the game. I get kicked out. Uh, we are absolutely obliterating this team. Probably, I can't remember the exact score, but it was 15-6, say, for instance. And we're, we're winning the game. The game's over. And a bunch of these fans start getting old, climbing the glass and yelling at our guys and this and that. And I gracefully uh, turned them around and made sure that they weren't yelling at my teammates and two of them came back swinging and long story short there was a quite quite the the brawl in the stands with all the the natives that were there from the night prior and yeah five guys from the floor hopped the glass our coach Blaine McCauley got into it at the time Yeah, yeah CBC picked up it picked it up like you were saying there but yeah, I don't know if I'm even allowed back in Cornwall Arena still to this day for that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, see, I was, I was kind of talking to you about were you before I said about popping a fan. I was trying to, I was trying to lead you into it. I was throwing the yeah, softball out to I you. Wasn't, I wasn't thinking lacrosse <laughs> at that time, but yeah, no, that uh, that whole circumstance. I mean, we were lucky we had some of it cut on video because it. Uh, it did have some legal stuff happen afterwards with the fan that uh, was the altercation. Him and his dad kind of pressed charges, I guess, because they got the worst of it. And nothing ever come of it. I don't have a record because of it. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that was quite the experience. I'll tell you that much. That was uh, the, the the natives, They like to they like to fight, needless to say. Oh yeah, well, like you said, across the bridge there, that's a that's a native land, like it's a reservation, isn't it? That uh, that's Aqu- correct. Aquas out, yeah, because yeah, because I think they oh they were in the federal. I was going to say they were in the LNH, but I think they were in the federal hockey league. Now that I'm saying it, okay, I believe, okay, I, I believe they yeah, but uh, yeah, no, they they played. Uh, we played them the night prior, and then they were all there for the night, the next game when all that circumstance happened. So that was a, a police escort out of that arena. Yeah, there you go. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, well, I said to you today when I was texting you, I say like, "Yo, can you still go today? Whatever." And I just watched your your fight with Kyle Hagel. People will know that name, of course. He played the American Hockey League, uh, but you Are fought you him sure? in lacrosse. Yeah, that was also Junior B back, uh, oh God, I couldn't even remember the year that was, but uh, yeah, we had a rival because of the hockey scene outside of lacrosse. Yeah. Obviously, and then, uh, yeah, he was another guy that would never, he was a good lacrosse player too, actually, and I wasn't the best lacrosse player in the world, I wasn't there for my skill. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would always try and fight him. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He was a tough cookie too, as you know. Yeah. And, uh, I can't remember exactly what I did to get us put in a box there, but yeah, he, 
I guess I kind of knew something was coming, but I I feel he jumped me out of the box there. And then I just could not get his helmet off for the life of me. Tried my goddamn hardest, and at some point I was like, okay, that's I go ahead, hit me, hit me. And I think at the end of the the penalty or at the end of that fight, there you can see me walking towards the bench. I remember it like it was yesterday. Is that's all you got? That's all you got. You can't even knock me out. What? Send me something better next time. And then uh, to put a name to a face there, the the other fight you see in that video, little squirrely, scrappy little guy too, was an awesome dude to play with, Alex Dubé. But uh, yeah, no, Kyle Kyle Hagel. We had a couple run-ins when he played for the Oakville team there. In, in terms of just like the fighting in lacrosse and 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 on the I mean obviously you know shoot no ice and all that I mean it's obviously I mean lacrosse actually I guess that fight would probably be more like a street fight basically. Yeah, see, I I used to enjoy going from hockey to lacrosse. Yeah, because you gain that extra bit of balance being on your feet. I used to hate going from lacrosse to hockey. But uh, yeah, no, you you nailed it on for sure. It's it you still have the hockey style of fight. Yeah, like you have the balance of a street fight, which for a lot of guys, I mean, that made a big difference when you can plant your feet and and throw the right power into the punch, right? Yeah. Well, did... Like there's a there's a couple guys like I played uh, uh, senior A after I was done in out in Quebec. I played for Ajax Pickering Rock there before they folded and went to Oakville and uh, fought a couple guys that were kingpins in the NLL. Uh, Brendan Francis, uh, Rory Smith. Uh, I fought, um, I forget his last, uh, Suter, Andrew Suter. was an Orangeville boy. But these guys, man, we... It's a big difference when you can actually plant your feet and and take that. I guess, like you were saying earlier, that that boxing technique into it, right? You get a lot more power into it for sure. And I learned that a couple times too. I fought Brendan Francis. He knocked me out. Come down a bit of a dirty play too. He come down on my face with a forearm when we went down. So I guess my I claim to fame that I never got knocked out standing up anyway. <laughs> Does like anything like that, like when it happens like that, um, how did you react to it? Was it sort of that were you sort of, uh, did it make you a little gun shy or did you want to get like right back into it? Like coming back from like a, a knockout like that. Did you want to just get, get right back on the horse or were you, did it sort of, uh, did you? Did you? Start... I would have I got right back the horse the next shift if I was allowed to. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, yeah. There was some retribution to be paid on that one. And like even like like thinking of hockey, like just think of your whatever your worst. Like I know watching the fights, you didn't get dropped, but I mean, you know, like you said, you took a few. Like there was some obviously you, oh, yeah. you took some kickings a couple times. Was it absolutely? Were you? Was it ever? Like, did you ever get discouraged? Or was it just like, no, I got to get right back out there. Let's go. No, I think I think sometimes if you get discouraged, you might screw yourself over. I mean, for myself, it was never, I was never scared. 
if uh, I guess a good word to say. I was never scared to fight anybody. Yeah. Knowing I I knew what I was getting into. I think half the battle is if if you're scared, you're not gonna you're not gonna be on your toes, right? Yeah. But uh, butterflies being nervous, yeah, for sure. But scared, I think uh, no, I wouldn't say was scared to fight anybody. Would have been, uh, and I was like I said earlier, nervous to fight Pat Cote, knowing who he was. But uh, never scared, no. Well, the following year, like we said, you you end up in Sorrell at the start of the year. Um, well, speaking of Cote, he's in Sorrell that year. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you get along with him? Did you get? Oh, he was a he's a hockey guy through and through, man. But uh, he was a he was in another level at that point, I think, in his life. You know, knowing his history and yeah. There was, no, some, there was some off ice things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, so I never really got to know him that well. Yeah. But, uh, no, decent guy in the room, decent guy to play with, would have backed you up through and through. But uh, he had some shoulder issues that year, so he didn't play too, too much. But uh, when he was around, he was he was an all right guy, yeah. Um. Just kind of look at uh, with Darcy Johnson, the late Darcy Johnson, unfortunately. But uh, uh, was he there when you were there, or was he gone? I, uh, I believe he was gone by that time. Okay, yeah, he had. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have played with him. Um, Rod, while well, Roger Maxwell was there. Yeah, Roger Maxwell was there. He he's a funny guy. He's a funny. He's a Brampton boy, not too far from Georgetown. Buddies with Blaine McCauley growing up. Yeah. Um, big lacrosse, the Macaulay family, not sure if you know this, but they have a huge, huge memorial uh, lacrosse tournament for John Macaulay every year. Um, so they weren't just a hockey family. They were very, very well known in the lacrosse world as well. So uh, Maxwell being a Brampton boy and Macaulay's back then being Brampton boys, uh, I knew some stuff about uh, him before I got there. But being on the same team was—he was a super respectful guy to fight. Always that type of guy, funny, funny guy. And, and uh, in the dressing room, he'd just keep it light, have you laughing all the time. And obviously, like I said, with the older guys back then he he taught me a lot of stuff about who I was going up against too so yeah good guy he he's doing all right from my understanding out west now yeah. pipelines all that type of stuff so yeah you ever had him on your show or no no he's one of the guys he, he's uh vast he's not real too keen on talking about it or anything so uh, right on, right yeah, on. he uh he didn't seem too interested he said maybe someday but he'd have some stories, I'm sure, because he's been all over. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, well, one other name there in Sorrell, um, well, you, uh, Gerald Morarty. Was not there when I was there. No, I was going to say, he only played the nine games, so it must have been after you left. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. He would have been there after me or just around me, but never never met him, uh, never fought him either, actually, to be honest. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, him and uh, Mayrad 
came kind of at the end of the year there. Um, that's that's right. Um, what? Well, and like you said, and then you got traded back to St. Hyacinth. Did, were you? Would you have rather? Like, were you happy to come back, or would you have rather stayed in Sorrell? No, no, I was happy to be anywhere, anywhere to play and do what I love to do. I guess I was all right for that. I had a uh, a girl back in St. Hyacinth anyway, so I mean, it was all right to uh, to move back there and play there. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, another guy that kind of he he joined the team that year with uh, Jan Pellerin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ian Pellerin. I mean, he wasn't much of a hockey player that I know of. No. Um, <laughs> he was there for his size and toughness. And and even like myself, you learn. You live and you learn when you start fighting in that league. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is the year. Um, well, another guy, uh, LaMarche. Um, he had had a, yeah. uh, Alexander there. He had a bunch of penalty minutes in Bay Como. And I actually had a guy, Jordan on a few, few, uh, episodes ago and, uh, and his name came up. We were talking yeah. about him. Um, yeah. What are your memories of him? Uh, another separated shoulder and a fight with him too. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That, that's that, where I, that's where I really ended my career is with him. But, uh, Man, for a small guy, he was he was scrappy. Yeah, he he was scrappy. He could go even for the size he was. He he he, he was he actually not you say it. He surprised me a couple times too. <laughs> he he landed some good ones on me. Um, yeah. In terms of the of the separated shoulder, um, was it just uh, you just never got it fixed or? fixed and it was just never the same yeah it was just never the same i mean to me i just i never went for the surgery until i knew i was going to be done playing but uh yeah i did it three times fighting and then the fourth time i did it and these were all complete separate uh, dislocations the fourth time i did it was rolling in over in bed and at that point i was like okay you know what that's that's it. I got to get this fixed, yep. and uh, that was nearly a year of recovery. So, yeah, after that, it was just never mentally back and ready to go back and play. Broke up with the girlfriend, moved back home, did all that type of thing, and then that uh, that whole side of hockey just kind of died off for me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Unfortunately, you got hurt. You just played the eleven games that uh, you know in Sydney yeah. and there at the end. And um, yeah, at that point, did you did you play any senior at all after, or was that just that was the skates I, were hung up? I yeah, that was skates hung up. I mean, I I played here and there, pick up with buddies, but nothing nothing competitive. Um, I played like I was saying there a bit ago. Uh, senior A lacrosse. I got back into lacrosse. Uh, here and then uh, once that team folded uh, we never made the transition to Oakville so that kind of fizzled out for me as well and uh, yeah that would have been the end of my sports career and uh, being lucky that the internet was a big thing we got all the uh, all the avenues we can keep the memories alive and not have to fake telling the stories we got the proof to go with it you know 
Yeah, well, yeah, like when you were in the league, it was kind of the the YouTube generation, right? It kind of hit. That's right. And uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, your your fight, a lot of your fights are out there. Um, just looking back on it, and it's the LNEH. I mean, well, I mean, you know, you're you're around so on social media, and I've been around the message boards, and and I mean, and you see all the the things that people write, and you know, it's a circus and a you know dummy league and all that stuff, and oh, it's a beer league. That one always kills me when someone calls it a beer league. It's like you know, the yeah. LNH is not a beer yeah. league. What's Stop the big case and go play a game? Tell me if you think it's a beer league after that. Exactly, but what what in your mind? What is the biggest misconception of the LNH at that time? The talent. Yeah, I mean the the only thing that really got the the media's eye was the fighters, but the talent in that league was bar none as well. You I mean you got little water bugs of like Jan Joseph running around um, Simone Liberté uh, who else um, what? Nathan it, it, just a bunch of guys that were well, uh, Martin Gendron for instance my first year there I think he played numerous numerous different places that were a lot of guys from Europe that played over in Europe pro these were all ex pro players. So you can't tell me that it was just a beer league. I think these guys that don't strap on skates and competitive hockey have a big opinion. You know, put yourself in, in a pair of skates and go play a couple games. And then I think that might change your mind. Well, yeah. And I mean, I mean, Hugo Belanger, Dennis Shellafu, I mean, Michael Picard, I mean, he played for the Hartford Whalers, for God's sake. He, right. He, yeah, he led Tedford. He led the league in goals with 48 that year. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was guys there that would skate circles right around you. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and then you got Francis Lassard, for instance. Tough, 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 tough as nails, but NHL quality player. Yep. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, people forget that there was still goals being scored and hockey being played there. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's something that I always try to uh, impress upon listeners. It's like, yeah, I mean, obviously the, at the time, in that time period, and that you know, the fighting was the, the drawing card and the center stage, and that's what everybody talks about. But, um, yeah, like not, you said. Not to mention the, the $4 beers in the stands because Molson was a, sponsor of the league exactly yeah and, and, and the girls <laughs> delivering the beer uh that's right <laughs> yeah so i mean but at the same time like you said there's a little black frozen thing rolling around out there that has to get put in the net too i mean it wasn't yeah. all just the shit show so and, um, and and good goalies that stopped pucks too well yeah it's in quebec so i mean there's sort of got to be good goalies right i think that's kind of the okay. i think that's sort of a province law that there's got to be goaltending in Quebec. <laughs> right on. But, um, yeah, like just looking back, I mean, is there anything, um, like in terms of, uh, you know, I, I hate to use the word regret because, I mean, that, there's no point in that. But, I mean, is there anything that you would have changed at all or uh, or uh, were you happy with how it went? I mean, obviously, you know, nobody wants to get hurt and all that. But, I mean... But you know what I'm saying? Like, were you happy with that you chose the LNH, or do you sort of wish maybe you'd tried down south at all? You know what? I was I was happy with where I went. Uh, 
I, I figured personally, the type of game that I played, being that hockey was starting to change at that time, I made it to the elite level I could with my style of hockey. Yeah. Or I should I should say to the the top notch for for that style. So I, I was happy with where I was. Absolutely. I wouldn't change a thing. There we go. Excellent. Um well, like you said you uh, you played a little uh, lacrosse after, um, and then and then what did Kyle terminate? What do you, what did uh, did you after you hung up everything and, and quit the the sporting life? Uh, what did Kyle Termini do after that? Uh, you know, just just lived life like any normal human would. Got uh, jobs doing landscaping. I, I I love to do that type of stuff. I'm a hands on guy. I like to fix shit. Yep. So I've been, uh, it took a long time to get a good, good gig. And and again, being, finding the right networking and the right people to get pushed into that right spot. But uh, yeah, I'm currently um, doing my elevator mechanics apprenticeship right now. So great gig. Uh, took quite some time after hockey to find that gig, but it's never too late, you know. No, I mean, I think everybody sort of has that, uh, you know, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's a lot, myself included, right? You kind of, you go from job to job, you're looking, you don't know what you're looking for, but you know you're looking for something. Yeah, and then, that's, um, right. that's right. And then, unfortunately, yeah, say, so, you know, you fall into a good gig and, uh, yeah, and the, and the rest is history. But so, so that's and excellent, then, man. That's right. Yes, sir. Well, there we go. That's the, uh, the, the tale of Kyle Termini. I, I really, uh, I, w- I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story. Like I, I was telling you before we got going, that the the, the listeners really oh. dig, dig the old school L and H stuff. So I, d- I didn't think I'd have an hour and forty five minute story for you, though. That's you told- good. That See. brings back a lot of memories. See, I told you right before we got going. I said, <laughs> I said, everyone says the same thing. I can't believe how fast that went. Yeah, okay. I mean it's funny because yeah. I've talked to a few guys. They're like, "Well, how long is your show?" And I'm like. I can go usually hour and a half, two hours. And they're like, what? And I'm like, ah, trust me, you'll see, you know, and uh, yeah. here we are. But uh, anyway, man, I won't uh, take up too much more of your time. I want to uh, thank you once again for coming on the show. And uh, one last thing before we go, I asked you that sure. after it's all said and done, who was, who in all your fights, who'd you, who was your toughest fight? My toughest fight, I, I would probably going to have to say, because I fought him so many times, probably Mike Varro. Well, I, yeah, I, was gonna, I think he's probably a lot of people's toughest fight, so that was... Uh... Being, being he had a seven-foot wingspan, that was the toughest, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's the kind of, he could probably reach around a building and give you a shove. That's how long his arms are. So. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, and to fight him six times, man, that's... Uh... I, I know, like you said, there was history there, but man, oh man, that's, uh, yeah, that, that takes guts for sure. But, uh, oh man, I, I really enjoyed, uh, kind of going down the rabbit hole of your career and, and talking about some of the names and the fights. And, uh, I really want to thank you again for coming on. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I, th- I thank you for making me remember all this <laughs> fun stuff in my life. That was a good time. I, like I said, I wouldn't, re- wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, good to hear, man. All right, Kyle, thank you very much again, and uh, have a good night. Absolutely, buddy. You too. Thank you.
and you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 